Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. Chris Graham joined by Rod Mullins. We're going to talk some NASCAR. The NASCAR schedule had a break this past weekend uh, as the teams uh, get that rare weekend off. Uh, second half of the schedule uh, coming up this weekend. We'll talk about the Nashville race uh, towards the end of the show. But Rod, we have lots of news to get into, even though it was a quiet week on the track for NASCAR. Right. And let's start with uh, a replacement for the retiring Kevin Harvick has been named. Yeah, Josh Berry, who drove for JR or Junior Motorsports. Uh, he's drove there for a long time. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. has said over and over, he was a future racer. He was going to be a future star in racing. And I'm sure that Junior Motorsports, Kelly Earnhardt, uh, Elledge, and also Dale Jr., would have loved to have kept him in their stable if they had decided to go cup racing. There's still the possibility that uh, if things don't work out with his newest signing, Stuart Haas Racing, uh, that he could come back to Junior Motorsports if that's the case. But right now, um, he's set. He's set to go and replace Kevin Harvick at the end of the season. And uh, he's a great kid. He's a great driver. Uh, he has done so well in the Xfinity series. He's 32 years old out of Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, Dale Jr. has followed him for uh, several years in, in the way that he has drove. He's won six legend car championships as a teenager. Uh, he also competed in iRacing, which, of course, is online. But um, that's when he caught the, uh, the attention of Dale Jr. during the iRacing series online and so forth. And then he put him into a late model car to test him. Barry then joined the late model program in 2010 and then the 2017 Cars late model stock car tour. And then on to the NASCAR, he won the NASCAR weekly racing series championship before moving on into Xfinity racing with Dale Jr. And then, of course, He's done some things this past year. He has replaced, uh, he replaced Chase Elliott during that time that Chase Elliott had the the broken leg and uh, did really respectable. I think that if they'd given him maybe one, two more races and put a really good car under him, I think he could have pulled off a win. He did really well. I think he did nothing but improve as the races went on. He did. So let me let me ask a question. You talked about how one of the ways he caught the attention uh, as he was kind of making his way up the ladder was right. through eye racing. Mm -hmm. I've heard this before and read about this before. How can guys get the attention of of teams, and how how similar is it? You know what you, what you can explain to the, to the listeners out there. How similar is it the eye racing to what actually goes on on the track? Well, the iRacing series, the way that I understand it, uh, there has been meticulous attention paid to the tracks, to all the responses of this video game that they have. And I mean, it's essentially like having a huge simulator and, and you know, pilots go into simulators all the time. They have to practice through, you know, uh, the engine going out, different things to where it tests them on their ability. Well, that's what they've done. And Dale Jr., one of his big things that he did here a couple of years ago, he led this movement to get North Wilkesboro cleaned up in order for them to be able to go and 3D map the entire track, uh, get an idea for it to test the surface, everything about it, to where it would give the drivers a great idea of what North Wilkesboro what they were going to be facing if and when they ever got back to North Wilkesboro. And sure enough, they did. And William Byron is one of those guys that loves to do iRacing. 
Kyle Larson loves some eye racing when he's watching his mouth and he doesn't say anything derogatory uh, like he did here a couple of years ago. It got him suspended out of the uh, out of the racing for a little while. But these guys use this as training more than anything else. And it's as accurate as you could possibly get. It's not having just a simple, I don't know, $49, $59 steering wheel that you get at Walmart. These are real, almost to the point. I think I saw Denny Hamlin's one time. They were doing video on him. And his looked like the inside of a racing car, of a race car itself. Uh, you had like the little thing that looked like a roll cage. Uh, the way that the monitor was built up, it wasn't just one monitor. It was like an encompassing three or four different panels going all the way around. So the driver still got an idea of what they were doing. Um, I think it's probably one of the best trainers they've had since NASCAR has taken away a lot of this testing and so forth that they used to be able to do. Um, you know, they've taken that away from them. I think it's a great way for them to be able to get out there. And some of these kids really show their stuff when they get out there on this iRacing series. That's neat. That's, uh, that's interesting. I, I wanted to get our listeners in uh, on that if they hadn't uh, kind of learned about that themselves. So let's shift some gears here. Um, some more off the track news. Um, Joe Gibbs racing with an interesting new partner. Um, and, uh, Rod, I wanted to, uh, update you when we were chatting about this before we hit record, you said you had learned that the new partner for Joe Gibbs racing had a background in the NBA and NHL, which is true. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to confirm for you that also the, uh, the company has, um, an interest in a Washington football team that Joe Gibbs used to be a part of. Um, so yeah, interesting ties here, uh, for Joe Gibbs racing and an interesting, a significant investment apparently. Uh, that will help Joe Gibbs Racing expand. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm a little bit surprised by it. I, I first heard and I thought, well, that might mean that Joe Gibbs Racing is not doing too well. But I think when you open this door up for the possibility of Joe Gibbs having something to do with a team that he did so well with and coaching and so forth, he finally, I think, gets a little bit more of a say, or at least they come to him more so than what Dan Snyder did. I think with the, with Dan Snyder only listened to one person himself. That's all he listened to. And, uh, but I think in this case, uh, the way that they've got this set up, the minority investment aims to support coach Gibbs's vision for the growth of Joe Gibbs racing as a family company and as a continued leader in NASCAR. So they're kind of keeping it away from the, you know, the involvement, so to speak of the commanders, but you know, it's right there. It's right there, plain and simple. It's, it's a little thing to kind of uh, get him to kind of embrace and coming back into it. As a matter of fact, on coach Gibbs joining as a limited partner, the co-founder David Blitzer said, we welcome coach Gibbs and Joe Gibbs racing to the HBSE family at HBSE. Our definition of winning extends beyond the playing surface or extends the playing surface to positively impact the communities in which we serve. So Coach Gibbs and his team epitomize that we are excited to support him and his team as they continue to grow. So this is something that Joe Gibbs kind of got involved in, I think, when he first got involved in NASCAR racing, and that was he had the NFL in some kind of a little partnership. And then they kind of went their separate ways. And then now they're kind of coming back to a certain degree, this time with a little bit more of an ownership sort of situation, sort of like the Roush Fenway Keselowski uh, combining what they are planning on doing. And speaking of that, a uh, little bit of tidbit of information I got for you. 
rumor going around in the uh, in the circles now that uh, there may be a reemergence of a team that, uh, or at least a manufacturer that has been out of racing for a little while, and RFK looks like they may be going to it, and it's Dodge. They're talking about Dodge right now coming back into it, and Keselowski had really good um, had a really good relationship at one time with the with the Dodge crew and stuff, and he's looking to maybe change and move away from the Fords a little bit more. And then the rumors are starting everywhere else of, will we see Honda? Will we see, um, you know, anybody else, Nissan in this whole thing? Uh, I think what we've talked about in these previous podcasts about some of these drivers, especially at Circuit of the Americas and the recent road race that they've had, and they brought some of these, you know, national ringers in, I think it's starting to wet some appetites. And on top of that, you can't count out this Le Mans thing because I read an article just here in the last couple of days. This is all a part of NASCAR's expansion, I think. And this Joe Gibbs thing is just an expansion into another entertainment source, if you want to call it that. And this Le Mans project, even though they didn't finish as well, they are hoping to make this thing a worldwide sensation. I think within at least the next five or 10 years. Now that may be a little bit too soon, but I expect it before it's over with. We're going to see some NASCAR, I think, overseas. They did it once before in Tokyo or around Japan. Uh, There it's been 20 or 30 years ago, I think is when it was, but we're going to see an expansion. I think we're going to see a, at least a challenge in some ways to Formula One, perhaps. That's going to take a little while to do it, but I think we're going to see it. Only way you get bigger is to is to do those kind of things. Hey, since we're talking manufacturer news, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, when we were talking about the show some news involving Toyota and Jimmy Johnson. What's going yeah. on there? Well, Jimmy Johnson, of course, the uh, Legacy Motor Club has decided they're going with Toyota next year. They're completely getting rid of the Chevrolet program that they've had really with Richard Petty before they ended up going into this uh, partnership with uh, the gentleman that runs GMS uh, GMS racing. And now their new partner, Jimmy Johnson, who has come in, Richard Petty has kind of been pushed out of the way. I got his formal title just the other day of team ambassador. So he has no financial stake in it anymore. This is mostly between GMS racing and Jimmy Johnson. And now the the news was that they were going to start racing Toyotas and the head of Toyota racing, uh, who was such a big ally of Kyle Busch and wanted to keep Kyle Busch in racing, uh, just said this uh, here recently. He said, as far as I'm concerned, he said, uh, it's going to look good having Jimmy Johnson out there in a Toyota racing for us before he decides to hang up his helmet. And so uh, they've got big plans. Uh, We're going to see probably Toyota shifting a little bit, maybe some of that power thing from Joe Gibbs racing, maybe over to that legacy motor group, because they're going to throw their horses behind, you know, the jockey at least that can get things done. And I think that's what they're going to do with Jimmy Johnson now with legacy motor club. So we talked about how there was no race this past weekend. The uh, series gets back going uh, this coming weekend in Nashville. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so um, with uh, a break, you know, the teams, the drivers, the crew chiefs, everybody gets a little bit of a chance to catch their breath. Uh, what do you think we can look forward to as everybody gets back out on the track this weekend? 
Well, this is going to be another one of those trips down to almost Nashville. It's going to be to Lebanon, Tennessee. It's outside of Nashville as they start getting together and getting everything set for the return of racing to the Nashville fairgrounds there in downtown Nashville and Nashville, Tennessee. The track is going to have a lot of multiple challenges about it. It's unique among tracks in NASCAR because it's the longest concrete track on the circuit at 1.333 miles. So it's a little bit of a different story. It's not exactly a Dover. It, Dover's a one-mile track, no matter, but this is just a tad bit bigger. That surface along with the traction compound that the track will have to apply to it, and that's one of those things that Speedway Motorsports has done at Bristol. They put that, uh, I almost call it like a baseball term. It's stick them almost to a certain degree. They get on the tires, and it's able to give them a little bit more grip as the uh, as the track progresses on but the concrete always poses a challenge in taking some rubber so Goodyear is putting a new tire on this thing and they're going to see what can happen with it and then they're going to use that compound with it so we'll be racing actually uh in this one we'll be racing for 300 laps 400 miles in this one and uh, they're going to have three practices one set for qualifying 10 sets for the practice that's the tires is what they're going to be having. And then um, it's going to be, it's going to be a race. Uh, this is, this has been a challenge too. I think Alex Bowman uh, pulled this race off last year, if I'm not mistaken. I know somebody pulled this race off last year and it was a, it was a big win for them. Uh, but Na Nashville always has been a really nice racetrack and Speedway Motorsports is kind of leasing all of this and getting ready for their, their time to get ready for, to move into the fairgrounds so as for uh winners possible front runners in this um the way the season has gone so far your guess is as good as mine again i say that excuse <laughs> but uh i i i just you know i think martin truex is on a is on a roll a little bit of now uh martin truex could do uh really well at this track but uh you know for the chase elliott fans out there Y'all better be hoping and you better be crossing your legs, crossing your fingers, doing everything you can because Chase Elliott needs a win. And if Chase Elliott doesn't get a win here, it's going to be that much tougher going into this final 10 races of the regular season to pick up a win. And Chase Elliott's back is against the wall right now. I think I said this, what, two weeks ago. If he doesn't pull out a win here soon, his chances of repeating or going back into the playoffs are going to be none out of this whole thing. And you've got some other drivers right now. I think Bubba Wallace could make a, a good run here. Um, I, he's always done well at a track like this, uh, something where it's not exactly a banked track, so to speak, but it's one of those, it's got that gradual banking to it, sort of like a uh, a Martinsville a little bit, but it's, it's a gradual sort of thing. As it goes around the track, it's a gradual sort of uh, grade that they have in the surface. But uh, it's really anybody's guess this coming weekend at Nashville. But, you know, this is all just a warm-up before the big road race at Chicago. It's going to be on the streets. And, you know, they're talking uh, about this one. It's almost like this one is being forgotten about compared to the uh, NASCAR race in Chicago because – I heard a promo coming back last night from Louisville and one of the promos that was on Sirius XM was promoting the fact of the black crows are going to be there. They're going to have concerts galore that particular weekend. 
and uh you know they're they're on top of the world in chicago and everybody else is wondering what is it going to take for us to be able to you know promote a race in our backyard like this especially with chicago and people are starting to say are we going to have to have a street race in order to get this sort of thing going i don't know but uh nashville's kind of the warm-up before this race happens uh in another week at uh at the soup or on the streets in chicago well, you know, uh, Chicago is the third biggest media market in the in the country, uh, which would make it because, I mean, I know there's the NASCAR opening preseason race before Daytona in L.A., but that's the second biggest market in the country. But that's not really that's not a race that doesn't count towards the standing. There's yeah. no races in New York City, the New York City metro area. So, the, yeah, Chicago is a big deal. Now, I was just looking at the weather forecast for Nashville. 91 on Sunday uh, during the day, but this is yeah. a night race, 7 o'clock Eastern time, 6 o'clock local time start. And there's a chance of showers and thunderstorms that night. So yeah. uh, it could be in for a late night or even a Monday race if the case, if, if things turn out the wrong way. Could be. And, but you know, another thing about the track too, this is, this is very uh, true about Bristol. Uh, when we're talking pavement, as opposed to concrete, concrete dries pretty quick. I mean, when they get those jet dryers out there, uh, you know, most of this stuff goes off pretty quick and they're able to do a lot of things with it. They just have to keep on drying it just to make sure that all that moisture is out and it's not uh, got anywhere inside or, you know, it, it's really one of those things where the surface just doesn't let a lot of moisture in like it does with asphalt. So that's a good thing. Uh, NASCAR is going to really have to pay attention to the radar, of course, to see where their opening windows are going to be to be able to get some racing action in. But like you said, yeah, with the way the weather's going to be, 91 on Sunday, uh, 91 on that particular day, and then the uh, the race starting at 7 o'clock at night, there'll still be some heat left in the track, so to speak. But, uh, you know, that all goes out the window if it comes a big rain shower because all that rubber, that stick'em stuff is going to be washed off the track. They may have to apply some of that back on. Sometimes it'll hold. But, uh, you know, they've got to dry it. They've got to be able to dry that track and do it quick in order to get in a window, and especially at Nashville. That should be an interesting watch uh, in lots of ways. Well, as, as we always say, Rod, thank you for your time, your insight. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.